This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Every day, many of our nation's most vulnerable workers put on their armor to go to work. These essential workers are keeping our lights on, restocking our shelves with food, and battling COVID-19 on the front lines. Now more than ever, they deserve our protection and thanks. That's why during the pandemic, Pond Lee Hockey is working around the clock to help protect these workers and fight for their rights. Call Pond Lee Hockey's COVID-19 hotline to help you and your loved ones with your legal needs during the pandemic at 267-606-4343. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. And a good Saturday night, everyone, and welcome in to Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, along with J. Doc M. Joe Krause, as we come to you live again on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And, J. Doc, I never get tired of saying this. In all the years that we've been doing Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, I'm glad to be here with you, brother. Nice to have you. Nice to do another show with you. Oh, it is great, Krause. I love Saturday nights. My favorite night, of course. And and uh, we got you know another great show planned. And certainly we got big plans coming for the fall. Uh, we you know we're going to two hours. Uh, it'll, you know after Labor Day, it's it will, our start time will be six o'clock. We'll still be going to eight o'clock. And yeah, super excited about that. If you go back to the way uh, way way back to the very beginning of the process, and then to the you know and then to the transition to twelve ten and um, the desire to expand to two hours to open up the platform for all of our great unions in the city uh, oh, yeah. and around the Delaware Valley and and and, and beyond. Um, and now we'll have. 120 minutes we'll have two hours every saturday and as you said uh that saturday the 12th of september uh it will be our first two-hour broadcast absolutely and and one of the individuals that made that possible uh you know we're 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 fortunate enough to have him tonight an hour with wendell young who's the president of United, United Food and Commercial Workers, 1776 KS. Uh, you know, he, Wendell's one of the most dynamic labor leaders, not only in the city or in the state, but also in the He's region. He's like your fill-in, Jay Doc. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was on last week. He's, he, he, let me tell you something. <laughs> I'm his fill-in. That's, that's, that's how, how good he is. Wendell, how are you, sir? Hey, Jay Doc. How are you, Joe? I hope you're having a, a good, uh, good summer as well. Good to hear from you guys. Yeah, nice to have you on with us, uh, Wendell. Looking forward to uh, a full hour uh, with Wendell Young tonight. Lot, uh, lot of information uh, that we're going to cover. But again, uh, thank you much for uh, for being with us tonight and taking that hour out of your Saturday. And and, and, and so glad to be here. Thanks and, for inviting me. And Wendell, we want to first off start off by congratulating you. Um, now this is the the type of labor leader uh, Wendell Young is. Okay. Uh, earlier this month on, on July 1st, the complete slate of Wendell Young and 41 officers and vice presidents across the state of Pennsylvania uh, were nominated unopposed, unopposed, 
and and uh, re and and thus ultimately reelected uh, to their positions in leadership of of, of UFC W seventeen seventy six KS. So I want to congratulate you on that, Wendell. Fantastic job. Uh, Jay Doc, thank you for that. But I, I, I got to say, um, if you don't mind me talking about this for a sure, moment, please, please. Um, it, 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 we had quite a few new um, officers as part of this. You know, our union is very new in a lot of ways. We just merged to, to a little over two years ago with a local from the western part of the state that also includes part of West Virginia and Ohio. And um, so, so, you know, they didn't know us that well. I mean, some of the people there knew us, but not everybody did. So um, this was, uh, and of course, the folks from this side of the state really didn't know the members from that side of the state uh, as well either. There's some different employers, and as you know, Pennsylvania is a very diverse state, and uh, the western part of the state is much different from the eastern side. And, and throughout um, the, the past couple of years since that merger, uh, we brought in some new um, uh, leadership in terms of uh, the vice presidents on the board. So the 41 people who were elected, including myself, some of us were reelected, but some were brand new um, in this past year. Uh, about a dozen of the people there are brand new vice presidents of our union from from all parts of the local. Um, and, and, you know, we're very proud. We have a very diverse union. And we also have a very diverse executive board of vice presidents and officers. And, and um, you know, I, I, I have a great staff of close to 80 people who, uh, who reach out and work with the members, negotiating contracts and, and enforcing those contracts and doing all the other work we do. Uh, so really the credit goes to everybody, you know, first to our members for, for, for trusting us to, to do this job for them and the staff that does an excellent job and the executive board made up of vice presidents that are uh, the finest people I could ever wish to work with. You know, it's interesting because um, there's, a, there's a, uh, a talent to that. And, I, and, and you know, you're, how many members th- th- does your union have across the state? 35,000. Okay, so you're the, you're the president of a union with 35,000 members. Okay, you know there's college, uh, there's college, uh, you know, professors that study uh, labor leadership uh, and, and the labor community uh, across the country. One was a guy by the name of Art Shostak. And when I was, uh, I, know Art, I know I know Art very well. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and when I was stu- you know, researching to do PhillyUnions.com, now PhillyLabor.com. Um, I, I, I ran into, you know, I did some research and I ran into Art and, uh, you know, I met with Art and, and he schooled me and educated me like there was no tomorrow. And, and the fact that, um, you know, the, they study how, you know, the successful labor leaders, how you, how you create success, how you get the job done and still manage to stay in office. And the reason I say that is when you manage, nobody knows better than you. And, and I had a father who was a labor leader uh, for about 35 years. And one of the talents is, you know, not everything. When you when you're when you're governing a membership, it's not always the easiest thing. Sometimes you got to say no, and sometimes, you know, times aren't always easy. What's your secret to being able to, you know, ha- have that success with such a large membership? Well, uh, I'm going to answer it, but first, also, it's it's thirty five thousand members throughout all of Pennsylvania, and as I said, a little bit of Ohio, West Virginia a little bit into Hudson Valley, New York. It's also 110 different employers and about eight different industries. You know, we're not, some people think of us as the supermarket union or the liquor stores. You know, we have everything, including uh, one of the newest industries here in PA, medical cannabis, um, which we've organized quite a few workers in that space and continue to do so. So to answer your question, 
first, I got to give a lot of credit to my dad. Uh, most people that know me or know our union know that I followed my father's footsteps. And, and, uh, and like you point to uh, Dr. Shostak, who I've been in his classes. I've been a guest in his class as well as a student. I know exactly what you're talking about. You're right. He's a really awesome guy. Awesome. But uh, in terms of how, how he uh, helped teach people. But, you know, a couple of very basic things that, that my dad always uh, said to me. Well, you know, obviously we can't always uh, do what members want or deliver what they want. Um, um, they have very high expectations, as they should force. Um, but, you know, it, 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 most important is you've got to be honest with them. Sure. You can't give them you can't you can't give them unrealistic expectations. You can't um, uh, manipulate them. You know, you have to be honest with me. You have to be transparent. Uh, you have to make sure that the folks who work for the local, the folks who govern the local, uh, as I just mentioned, are 41 uh, officers, uh, vice presidents also have to reflect the membership. You know, our membership is very diverse, and so is our board. In fact, I sent you today uh, one of the pieces of literature that shows our, our, our vice presidents, and they are as diverse in all ways as our membership is. Absolutely. And, and so they're just some of the things. Uh, obviously, you have to work hard. You have to be honest and, uh, and, and, uh, and follow through. Um, you know, but it's not perfect. You know, everybody, everybody's not always going to agree 100% of the time. Um, we do live in a 51% world, at least we're supposed to, Donald Trump's trying to change that. Um, but we, um, you know, but, you, but for the people that, that aren't going to agree with you, they at least have to know and feel that you, you know, uh, uh, were committed to it, that you gave it your best effort, that you were honest with them and you didn't mislead them about it, whatever it is. And, uh, and, and I've really tried to follow that advice, uh, um, religiously. Wendell Young is our special guest for the full hour here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We have a lot of ground uh, to cover, J-Doc, in the hour. Wendell, two minutes until uh, we get to our first break. I did want you to touch on uh, a COVID-19 update from your perspective. The, the one specific thing, Wendell, that I remember from my last conversation with you uh, on the air um, was the... Uh, the ability for you to connect with a Chester County company and come up with uh, masks and shields uh, and be able to do that in bulk for your members. And um, I just thought it was just an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable thing on your part to be able to get outside of the box and find a solution when uh, at that time there weren't a lot of solutions. What's the latest uh, with the workforce from the COVID perspective? Well, in terms of our members, um, we, we now have over 800 people that have, uh, and, and these numbers are as of this past week. I'll get an update again Monday morning. Uh, but as of um, uh, earlier this, uh, this week, we're in right now, uh, we had over 800 members who have uh, um, officially been diagnosed with uh, COVID-19, uh, and, and we've lost seven members. Um, and now, the good news is, that because of the, and I know we don't have a lot of time, or I'll have to come back to it, is that um, there's only about 74 that are currently infected. Um, you know, that number's the total number since the pandemic was declared uh, back in March of this year. And, 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 there are, and there's reasons for that that, we'd love to, that I would love to talk about, because it's pretty simple. Um, uh, it, 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 it's, it's hard in a lot of ways, but it's also very simple, and I'd be happy to elaborate after the break. 
Yeah, before we go, I want you to, you know, before we go to break, I do want to say one thing. You mentioned your father, and I was going to mention your father, who, Wendell Young III, who's a legendary labor leader throughout Pennsylvania and the United States of America. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say to you, uh, how much did his influence uh, affect you and the great job that you do uh, walking in, in, in the footsteps of a giant? Thank great. you. Great stuff here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We'll get to our first commercial break. We'll continue with Wendell Young IV on the other side. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT along with Jay Doc and our special uh, guest Wendell Young IV is with us. Jay Doc on the agenda uh, for the remainder of the show all with Wendell, uh, Heroes Act, U.S. Census, uh, and Trump's N. Uh, Trump's NLRB uh, is screwing over workers to protect companies on COVID filing. So three categories. We'll get into those uh, over the rest of the hour. Absolutely. And and uh, but before we do, Wendell, if you will, you wanted to elaborate a little further on the on your uh, on on the COVID situation. I, I did. So our our running total um, as of um, uh, actually this past Friday is 907 members um, have tested positive, about 74 in the last month. But currently, we have 15 people um, uh, currently sick, and three of those are in the hospital. Now, out of 35,000 members, um, that's a dramatic change from where we were back in March and early April. And the difference is this. Our governor, you know, in, in the absence of, of, um, of um, leadership at the national level, in the absence of of directives and a, and a strategy to beat COVID-19, our governor, like other governors, stepped in in early April and issued some directives. And those directives were game changers for us. That combined with our union uh, working with uh, uh, where we had the most infection rates and some employers getting them to close down to get everybody home and, and quarantine for a while, um, uh, really turned this around. And, and our infection rate since and keep in mind, for those that aren't aware, our members are almost entirely uh, uh, essential workers who have been at work while many others have been able to stay home. So these are people that work in grocery stores, pharmacies, food processing, um, uh, health care and nursing homes, uh, and a few other places that have been open all throughout this. So they're out there exposed with each other and, and the customers. So what was the game changer? It's really simple. Mandatory masks. Yeah. Mandatory sanitation protocols, social distancing at work, and, and, and where that's not possible, and there are some situations where it's not possible, putting up barriers. Like you, you, we, you would see them mostly in the supermarkets and pharmacies, um, of the, the plexiglass barriers, but inside our food processing facilities, slaughterhouses, they also had to install them there. Uh, needed to shut down some plants to get that done and get these protocols implemented. Once these protocols were implemented across all these places, the infection rates dropped off significantly. Sure. Um, 
and, and, and even where we had infection rates, it didn't spread. So where we had individuals um, getting sick. Now, there are the physical protocols. The other things that, that are, are not so obvious uh, because you don't see them are good personnel policies. And we negotiated with almost every employer um, policies to make sure that people could go home without um, economic or benefit insecurity uh, if they needed to be at home, whether it be because they were uh, a high-risk high, high uh, category themselves or a family member. Um, you know, we worked, and it wasn't the same for every employer, and some employers were more difficult than others. Um, but we, we did get most of our employers to adopt many very common-sense protocols um, and, and uh, entered into agreements with them um, to, to do that. Um, these are the things that made a difference. And if we had a president in this country who had taken that kind of approach from the national uh, level, like certain other countries have done around the world who are doing a much better job at this than us, all this would be much better off. Think about how much better off our economy would be if people had been able to get back to work sooner. So instead of ridiculing this as a hoax, instead of ridiculing mask wearing, instead of, of making it sound like this was nothing and it was going to go away by summertime, imagine how much better off we would all be in terms of our, our health, our safety, but our economy. And, and I think my local, and I'm not alone here, I know other unions had similar experiences, because we have a governor that acted decisively early, because we follow through as a union and our sh uh, we have over 500 shop stewards that help implement this across the local with all these different employers, you know, that made a difference. And, and imagine if we had that kind of leadership at the national level. Well, it's interesting because having said that, and the, the first thing I think about when I hear you talking is the difference between great late labor leadership and a collective bargaining uh, opportunity and somebody that doesn't have a, a, a collective bargaining agreement. So, in other words, to our listeners, somebody who's in a union and who's not in a union and having that opportunity to have labor leadership like yourself and having a collective bargaining agreement, be, you know, where, where you guys are, you know, going out to, to, you know, to negotiate with the employers, like you said, not every one of them was as, as agreeable but the bottom line is um how about those individuals that are working in nursing homes that don't that, that aren't represented by a union or a, a union leader they're basically on their own i don't know the numbers but i can't imagine the difference between um individuals in vulnerable situations and those wouldn't you, wouldn't you say wendell that this is where having a collective bargaining agreement and being in a union really 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 makes a difference and could definitely even save a life it may, it makes a difference, and, and to underscore that, you know, one of our biggest employers, and, and this guy said this to me, he said, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be caught saying this out loud within my corporation, but he's one of the principals of one of our biggest employers, and we were talking about this very thing uh, early on in this, because I have to give credit to the employers who stepped up and did the right thing. Sure. Um, you know, that was a collaborative effort between us and them, but this guy said it this way. He said, you made us be better at this. You, because because we knew you wouldn't let us get away with anything less than doing the right thing. Wow, that and, is awesome. And, and yeah, and 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 I heard similar comments from different employers. You know, as I was dealing with them, I, I especially in the early days, I had a round of you know some of these big employers. Even if the person you're talking to in the executive office uh, wants things to go a certain way. When you've got dozens or hundreds or even thousands of locations to promulgate policies, it's hard to even get uniform enforcement. So like one of our employers who has hundreds of locations in Pennsylvania, 
uh, we were their eyes and ears in places where their managers weren't following through and, and help them respond to hot spots where they weren't following protocols or supplies weren't getting there and they didn't have sanitizer, things like that. And, and so it, 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 we, you know, we made a huge difference for those workers in those places. And so I heard a similar comment from different employers about how we really, really kept their feet to the fire to make sure they were doing the right thing. Having said that, we had some difficult, hard, hard nut employers, some absolute nut jobs. People who, <laughs> whose executive offices and principals are from faraway places, some of them, you know, not, not really good people at all, uh, not very ethical, and, and we deal with that all the time with them, and we had to make some examples of them. Some of them ended up in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, some local uh, press uh, where their factories were located here in Pennsylvania, uh, and, and we had to call on the governor uh, to ask different agencies to send people in to check these places out and deal with it. And so while they maybe weren't too cooperative and collaborative at first, they got religion very quickly. Yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you what, um, you know, that, that, and, and that'll show you right there when, when people are, are putting profits over actual lives, okay, and we have the opportunity at representation, and that's so important. So if anybody's wondering out there, I think the Jay, benefits of being in the union, I was just friend, going to say, it's I, unbelievable. I, I think, and Wendell, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think that the public they don't understand the value of being represented by a union they're missing out on that because they don't understand it well not 12% not 12% of them but the other uh, group of individuals the large overwhelming majority anybody who speaks out against the union anybody who doesn't understand what a union means what a union does for the for the members and in Wendell's example making the company better which ultimately was a win for all Wendell I couldn't disagree with that at all. And one example you talked about a little bit earlier, Jay Doc, uh, you know, at a time where, and I have to, I will say, legitimate efforts by companies were, were um, frustrated by the uh, lack of supply of, of personal protective equipment. So even simple things that we take for granted now today, like getting masks, back in March and April were very hard to get a hold of. And so I, I did connect with someone, a local, a local supplier. It, this, this company didn't make these things. It's not what they, they did. Uh, it's not, they didn't make anything like it. They made something completely unrelated, but they were shut down like everyone else because they were not essential workers, uh, essential business. And they, they thought about, well, with the equipment we have in our facility and the, and the raw materials we use to make what we do make, what could we make to help this effort? and get our people back to work. And they came up with these face shields, which you see a lot of people wearing now. You also see mostly healthcare workers using them and people in nursing homes and hospitals and doctor's offices. And so um, that was the thing we can get our hands on first. So we bought 40,000 of them. Um, we, we bought, like, this guy was only at the beginning able to make about five to 10,000 a week. And it, it, we actually had to stretch out our order because he was starting to get orders from hospitals and we wanted those people to have them as well. So, um, you know, over the course of about a month, um, a month and a half, he upped his production capacity. 
Um, we, uh, in fact, we, we got them without them being finally assembled. It was a way we can get them quicker. But anyway, we bought 40,000 and we distributed them first to our nursing home workers and our healthcare workers and our cashiers that were on the front line at a time where they didn't have masks. This was the only thing that nobody could get masks. Nobody could get them. It's like it was, it was that and toilet paper you couldn't get back then. Remember right? that? So, you yeah. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't get it to save your life. Uh, when we, back when, then was only a few months ago, right? Exactly. Uh, it, you know, and, and now when you walk into the, the supermarket, it's, it's like seeing gold, man. You go through the toilet paper, I still aisle, don't. and you're like, oh, my God, it's <laughs> I right there. <laughs> I, still don't know the answer. I still don't know the answer to the question why there was no toilet paper. It was crazy. Well, we may never get the answer. You know, before when, I know you're taking this to break, Joe. One of the when we come back, Wendell, uh, we're, yeah, we're going to talk about the Heroes Act and and then a number of things on your agenda. But I want to tell a funny story um, how how Wendell saved my butt one time in the middle of a presentation. It'll show you how much his members love and respect him, and he saved my butt in the process. We'll do that after the commercial break here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here live on a Saturday night. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. One more reminder for the listening audience. First, thanks so much uh, for tuning in with us every Saturday night. And, of course, Jay Doc, as we mentioned at the top of the show, on Saturday night, September 12th, starting on the 12th of September, that Saturday night, Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Two hours. Uh, we'll expand to two hours. Very excited about that. Can't wait. Can't wait. So, Wendell, you might remember this. This is one of the great stories and 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 you I, so everybody knows uh, I'm, I'm i'm an iron worker you and i work i'm retired i've done a number of presentations in front of retirees and the thing about retirees especially union retirees um you know after a certain age they don't have a filter okay and so in other words you know that you know but 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 we still have you know great meetings and all so uh, Wendell was uh, gracious enough. It was, I think it was me and Tom Giordano. We were given a presentation about Social Security disability, and I was given a, a presentation about phillylabor.com, just the media platform. It was going great. Everybody was fantastic until we got the one retiree, okay, one, the guy, probably a great guy, but like 85 years old. And the guy started to lay on me, right? And I'm like, I'm a rough and tumble iron worker. I've been in front of plenty of crowds. I can handle anything. Well, he, the guy was laying into me huge, and I'm like, okay, I don't know where I'm going to go with this, right? And it wasn't really even on a topic, you, you know, but he was hard. And all of a sudden, when, when it almost got, you know, when I was about to get rolled over, I felt an arm wrap around me. <laughs> and it was great. Wendell Young the fourth. And, and, and all of a sudden, I turned around, and I looked. I'm like, oh, my God, thank God. All of a sudden... Everything got quiet. Everybody clapped because it was Wendell, and all was well. (laughs) And I lived to talk about it. I don't know if you remember that, Wendell, but it was a great moment in my life. I I, I do, and we got to keep in mind, um, you know, the audience. And, and, you know, I I try and go to our retiree meetings. You know, it's hard as the locals grown. You know, retirees can't travel that far to go to meetings, and and but I try and get to the one that's had the old original local 1357, which was the union I first joined that became what it is today, and um, and some of these people I I you know they were 
they were my mentors and, and, and the adults in the store when I went as a kid to work in a union supermarket. I've yep. known them my whole life, and I go there. And, and, you know, some of them are doing really good because, you know, the benefits and the pensions, and, and some are really struggling with health and other issues. And, and so I have found um, got to let them, got to let them talk, got to oh, yeah. them think, <laughs> express yeah. themselves, yeah. And, and, and don't, you know, you can't take it personal, but you also have to, really listen to them you have to take serious because you know i i think about them all the time and what they go through um and uh and i worry about them a lot well they did listen they were awesome it was just and 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 the guy was cool but i'll never forget i just when you put your arm around me that was like getting a blessing and all of a sudden you know it, it was cool it's like the the hand of god coming down and just patting me on the shoulder and it was overall it was a great experience Duck, you were cool. sweating bullets in i was that sweating moment. like you wouldn't I know, believe man. i know you were i brother. swear to god a guy must might have been mike tyson um so having said that um wendell let's talk about the heroes act um you, you know, I know you have a lot to talk about there. So, listen, Heroes Act's very important. You know, the Democrats in the U.S. Congress uh, passed it earlier uh, this year, most of them party lines uh, early this summer. This is a really important legislation. A lot of our local delegation, uh, uh, especially Dwight Evans right in Philadelphia, not exclusively Dwight, but Dwight and Matt Cartwright up in northeastern PA are, you know, huge cheerleaders for this and signed onto it early. Um, you know, this does a lot of uh, things. The, the, it, it, it makes, um, um, it, first of all, keep frontline workers safe. You know, there are a lot of people, a lot of industries that have been dubbed frontline workers. And, and, and during the period in which uh, uh, there was a lockdown and beyond, they're out there exposed in ways that most workers aren't. So it'll keep frontline front workers safe. It'll keep workers employed and protect their earned pension checks. You know, this economy um, as a result of the pandemic is really uh, putting a lot of pressure on pension funds. This will help shore up the, the pension funds uh, without, without direct subsidies from, from the U.S. Treasury. There's other things that can be done to help shore them up in terms of uh, taking some of the pressure off of those funds. Uh, to keep state and local governments and public schools and the U.S. Postal Service solvent and working. Uh, to keep America healthy, protect and expand health insurance for all workers. It will also help keep America competitive. Um, by hiring people to build infrastructure, including healthcare infrastructure and, and other infrastructure we need to help better protect us going forward, but also things that just need to be done to help get people back to work. Uh, it includes provisions that addresses, you know, a lot of those economic essentials. It requires OSHA to issue an emergency workplace infectious disease standard. You know, we hear a lot uh, from this president about what he's done. He actually hasn't done one thing. He hasn't issued one directive that protects workers during this, this pandemic. The only thing he did sign was an order requiring meat slaughterhouses and, and, and processors to reopen and not close, regardless of how high infection rates get, without any care or consideration for those workers. So this HEROES Act will make sure OSHA issues emergency workplace infectious disease standards that are mandatory, not voluntary, and not just guidance. It gives critical aid to state and local governments for their public schools. Um, it provides relief for multi-employer pension funds, I've already talked about. It includes 100% uh, subsidy for healthcare, worker, for healthcare for workers who are laid off. It provides a framework for helping employers um, keep workers on the payroll. You know, listen to what Mitch McConnell, other Republicans, and the president have said, that they don't want to continue that extra $600 in unemployment per week because it's an incentive to keep people out of work. You know, that's nonsense. 
people don't decide whether their businesses close down. If, they're, if they work for a restaurant and that restaurant can't be open right now, it's not their fault. And, and, there's, and, and there's not enough jobs out there for all the people that are laid off. That's why people aren't working. So people who work paycheck to paycheck, yeah, the, the 600 bucks is great during a time like this, but they also need their base salary. And so it's nonsense. So what this will do is provide a framework to make sure that um, uh, employers can do everything again that can to keep people on the payroll uh, to avoid them going unemployed in the first place. It includes more direct payments uh, to working people. It ensures uh, free treatment for any health care issues related to COVID-19. You know, the president tries to write off COVID-19 as a case of the sniffles, but uh, we now know, doctors and scientists now know, that there's a lot of other health care issues. You know, um, people are suffering long-term pulmonary issues, cardiac issues, other things yet to be discovered. Uh, one of my brothers uh, ended up with blood clots as a result of this in his legs and now has to go through all kinds of, of uh, treatment and, um, and, and uh, health care over the next year to deal with that. You know, hmm. this should be covered. Um, and there's going to be arguments, whether it's work-related uh, or these things are part of your health care should cover it or your employer's health care should cover it because maybe you got it at work. You know, there shouldn't be people worrying about who's going to pay for it. It ought to be covered. Um, and then the, the act will also earmark billions of dollars to protect our elections. Um, it provides relief for renters and homeowners and additional uh, food assistance. And, of course, you know, like any legislation, uh, it's not perfect. So, you know, I'm urging we should urge Congress to require not only that OSHA issue these kinds of mandatory standards to protect workers, but also let's not uh, uh, forget about the Mine Safety Health Administration because they are governed separately. So that's their form of OSHA. So the MSHA should uh, also uh, have to issue such protections. This is the kind of stuff that a good leader, a good president, regardless a party would not politicize COVID-19, would say, this is what we need to do to, to protect American employers and employees, to protect those that get sick, to protect employers, to be able to keep people on payrolls, not just to give subsidies to, to deep-pocketed individuals through tax cuts and, 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 uh, and wealthy corporations. Uh, the, the HEROES Act will do the right thing. Uh, it does most of the right things. It's made of the right stuff. And, and Mitch McConnell in the Senate has refused to even consider it for a vote. He won't even put it up for a vote. In fact, they went home for, the, right. for, for vacation for the summer. They've taken uh, more than a month off, and they're not due back till September 8th. Right, and, September and 8th. The, and the, yeah, and the supplemental unemployment benefits expired at the end of July. So you've got people out there who, through no fault of their own, aren't working, who are absolutely suffering, um, because they, 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 because the, the Senate went home and listened to the comments from Mitch McConnell and others, that they don't think it makes a difference if you give people extra money. Well, it makes a difference if they can't pay their rent, they can't pay their mortgage. It makes a difference to the landlords who are investors in the community. It makes a difference if the family's evicted and thrown out. We've seen enough of that already happen in this country. Um, so this Heroes Act covers uh, all aspects of the equation. Workers the communities, the employers. It's the right thing to do for our economy. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, Wendell Young IV, our special guest here for the full hour. We'll get to our final commercial break back on the other side. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by IATSE Local 8, District 1199C, and News Guild 10. Welcome. 
Live with Philly Labor. Great show tonight with Wendell Young, who has been with us uh, for the full hour of the show. J-Doc, I'm coming to you quickly. You only have, for the final segment, eight minutes and 30 seconds. All Over right. to you, sir. <laughs> you got it, Krause. Uh Wendell, uh, let's talk about the, the census. I know you have a lot of feelings on that. Well, we, as we know, the, the census really uh, affects us in so many ways. You know, politics affects all of us from cradle to grave. And, and part of how we're affected is our congressional representation, um, as well as, as uh, you know, how it affects reapportionment. So this is a census year. And, you know, this is the first time in, in at least in modern history, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in my late 50s now, and I've never heard of anything like this before, where we have a president facing reelection who has decided to cut back on census uh, uh, workers and cut back on outreach to get people to fill out the census. Now, there's a, an obvious reason for that. If you're undercounting uh, people in certain areas, um, then they're not going to be as well represented. Uh, you know, Pennsylvania could lose two congressional districts. Uh, and maybe, you know, up to two or more if we don't get all of our, our citizens counted properly. He has already tried to tamper with the census by including language that would scare people off from uh, responding to it about their place of origin, birth, place of origin, things like that. Remember, he's the birther in chief. And, and, um, and now he's cutting back on the apparatus that helps uh, get, get that census count taken. So this is something that's going to affect people. Another way that Trump is really screwing over workers um, is with the NLRB. You know, the NLRB, the National Labor Relations Board, is, is where a lot of the labor law and policy is established. Now, you know, this is another example where elections matter. Trump won. Um, he gets to appoint most of the uh, board members at the national level and the staff at the region levels, and, and he's put in some of the most conservative picks anyone could have imagined. Um, and as a result, uh, I'll just give you some recent examples because we don't have enough time for everything over the past three and a half years, but the NRP in a series of rulings and guidance letters has moved to protect employers um, in COVID-related uh, filings. Um, one of the most recent ones uh, was a, a, a policy announced by the board, the National Labor Relations Board, that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, pandemic pay, hero pay, and other terms are not the mandatory subject of bargaining. Like, that's ridiculous. Of course it's, it should be the mandatory. It is the mandatory subject, subject of bargaining. But they're basically saying the union can't bargain over those things and it's, unless the employer agrees to it, and it's completely up to the employer's. Um, another ruling uh, uh, says that workers in unionized workplaces were granted no relief after employers, you know, uh, uh, implemented layoffs, closures, work rules, changes, and other disruptions following the pandemic. And the NLRB is ignoring workers' rights to collectively bargain and using the pandemic as an excuse to support bad behavior by employers. You know, elections have consequences, and this is Trump's board, and, and we need to change that. The only way to change it is to get rid of Trump. And, and, you know, so for those union members, uh, thank God, not a majority of union members, but we know that there was some small vocal party lines. union members out there that, that voted for Trump. Well, you know, this is the consequences. You get a president that's trying to um, interfere with the election. Who's uh, uh, my God, could you imagine um, if if Obama did any one of these things and, and think of the other hundred things this guy had done, you know, you, you, you'd have uh, gun-toting conservatives lined up outside the White House 
um, uh, to go after the guy. And, and these people just rolled it. They need to understand this is affecting their pocketbooks. This is affecting our economy, all this that we're talking about tonight. And this is how it's affecting their rights at work. And, and if they want to have more rights at work, they need to elect somebody different. And it's interesting because educating yourself, especially as a union member, um, and, and I know how hard you work, you know, representing your members, obviously not on the front lines, um, in the, you know, with employers, but also politically because they go hand in hand being in the union and being a labor leader and, and obviously understanding politics and, and the issues is really important. Um, it is so important for union members to understand what each officer voting for actually means to their to the important issues to them. And I've always been, uh, you know, maybe it's because my dad was a labor leader and I grew up in the, in, in that household. And but I, you know, my my livelihood and my ability to, to to feed my family has always been, you know, the most important thing for me. Now it's not to everybody, and I get it. But the point is, you got to know what the consequences are of your vote. And having said that, when you vote for president of the United States, you're voting for the Supreme Court. You're voting for judges across the line. And you're voting for, uh, you know, the NLRB, you know, the, the, the makeup of the board. How many union members do you think? And I last, and it was such a big deal last time, so many people crossed party, party lines um, and actually helped put them in there. The, the, the question I have is how many people do you think, Wendell, actually knew what they were doing when they did it, especially those individuals with a collective bargaining agreement? Well, I, I think a lot of people were frustrated because, let's face it, for a long time there's been polarization. Sure. And, and, and we're, we're in this, you know, part of the problem is we're in this era where people can tune into the kind of news they want to listen to and they want to believe. And, and whether it comes through the, the hundreds, thousands of stations out there, uh, so if you like Fox News and you want to listen to Fox, I call Fox News uh, uh, entertainment for, for conservatives. Uh, because there's not a whole lot of news there. It's mostly just nonsense. And, uh, and they call MSNBC and CNN that, right? So uh, people just don't believe what's going on. Um, so you have people that get entrenched in their beliefs, and they were just frustrated, and they, they thought he was going to be a game changer. But, but if people got past those kind of uh, national news programs and actually paid attention, um, uh, what Donald Trump stood for his whole life, they would have seen a guy that cheated everybody he ever dealt with. They would have seen a guy that, when he was building in Atlantic City, was screwing every contractor and therefore every worker out of a paycheck. Sure. And, 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 and why would anybody that works for a living want to elect somebody like that? But what they saw was the guy that showed up at the state fair with his helicopter taking kids for rides. You know, yeah, and he it, and he it, mentioned it, it, NAFTA, and and he he hit a lot of key issues. And you're right, you hit it on the head. The polarization in Washington uh, was was obviously uh, you know a big part of it. And and Americans at that point were willing to vote for anything new. I think so. I I absolutely agree. I think there's two areas where people primarily support Trump, and and they don't want to admit it in most cases. Most cases, one is pure greed. People have more money. Some of them will support him, even though they know he's he's a bad, bad person, because they want the tax breaks. And the others, some of it latent, some not so, is racism. Um, you know, they're living in a different era, and they, they haven't left that era yet. And I think those two things combined is how we end up with Don I think most Americans really thought that there was no way America would elect a guy like Donald Trump, so they figured I didn't have to go vote. 
you know, uh, not most Americans, but too many Americans um, uh, felt they didn't have to vote, that someone else was going to take care of that. And I think a lot of people regret that they didn't make that trip to the polls last time. Mm-hmm. Wendell Young IV, our special guest for the full hour here tonight on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. Wendell, uh, great to have you for the uh, full hour. Uh, awesome uh, conversation tonight and look forward uh, to uh, having you scheduled again. I do want to take a J-Duck. I do want to send a special thank you out uh, to Danny Bowder as well for uh, helping get everything coordinated and getting Wendell on tonight. Uh, absolutely. Wendell. Yo, can I, can I sure. real quick, real, sure. real quick shout out to somebody? Uh, a long, dear friend of mine called me today, Dan Woodle, president of Laborers Union 135 out of Norristown, retiring. I want to wish him the best. He's been an awesome, an awesome labor leader here in the greater Philadelphia area, and I'm going to miss him. Well said, Wendell. Look forward to the next time we have you on, That's my a friend. great tribute. And on that tribute, see you next time, everybody. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communication Workers of America, and AFSCME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management.